Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Managing the work-life balance is one of the greatest challenges we face, and we face it daily. From an early age, we're taught to juggle homework and baseball tests and bar bat mitzvah prep, piano lessons and science fair projects, packing for camp, and cleaning out our lockers. And as we get older, the challenge remains the same. It's just that our responsibilities grow exponentially. I would be willing to bet that most of you right now are remembering that time fondly, even as it seemed so overwhelming then. Now you're juggling all of those things and even more, except this time you're not only managing your schedule, but the schedules of your loved ones as well. And then the added challenge of running a home, grocery shopping, caring for children, making sure they have enough pants in their wardrobe that come just below the ankles, their hair is cut neat and tidy, their nails are cut, and oh yeah, homework and baseball tests and barbot mitzvah prep piano lessons and science fair projects, packing for camp and cleaning out their drawers, and then there's doctor's appointments for everybody, if you remember to schedule them, and add to the mix. You work full-time, you're an entrepreneur, you travel 45 minutes every day to get to your job, how do we do it? How do we manage it all? How can we be successful working professionals and also be successful people in our personal lives. Well, today's show, while definitely of interest to the men in our listening audience, will focus on the women that face these challenges daily and how one organization is aiming to boost the careers of those women, offering them support and encouragement in what could be a very difficult world in which to navigate. The Jewish Woman Entrepreneur, or the JWE, is a national educational nonprofit organization whose mission it is to promote financial stability and independence among Jewish women by supporting them as they launch and sustain successful businesses and careers. The JWE offers access to business education, professional training, and financial support. The group's programs are tailored to meet their members' religious and social needs. We didn't even talk about one's religious commitment and how that fits into all of this. With a focus on Jewish values and community leadership while deepening the members' commitment to positive change. Chaya Appel-Fishman is the founder of the JWE. She's an entrepreneur and a mother who hopes her organization will better the lives of working women everywhere. And she's here with us today to share some insights. Chaya, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So tell us, how did your organization get started? So I ran a business when I was very young, uh, when I was 16. And it was uh, it started as a really a creative arts program for young girls in the summertime. And it morphed into really a conglomerate of uh, summer programs for uh, girls in Cleveland. That's where I'm from originally. And um, what started as a small business uh, kind of morphed into something a lot bigger. We ended up with over, um, by the fourth year that I was running it, there were over 100 uh, program participants, uh, about a 17-person staff. And um, because of my young age, uh, and because I ran it very much, I ran it like a professional business. It was an LLC. It was funny. My parents had to sign the papers for me initially. Um, right. I had an accountant. Um, and you did all of that at age 16? I did. I'll tell you the truth. My um, my mother did sign the papers, so so I did have that support. But uh, it, looking back, it was it was a little bit crazy. Um, but I I did, and it was something I was really proud of, and that. Uh, was a great, you know, it was a real business. And so what happened was is as a result of that, all of these women in the community started kind of coming out of the woodwork with a lot of questions. 
I think it was a combination because of my age, because I had put together something that was, you know, a legitimate business. How did you know to choose to become a limited liability company, you know, an LLC? How did you figure out your taxes? Um, you know, how did you, you, where did you go to for help? And there were just so many questions, and I had, it kind of planted this idea in my head that, you know, one day I want to create this network for uh, Jewish women entrepreneurs to support each other, to answer the easy questions, you know, just directing uh, women to the right sources, you know, the, to you know, help with their business needs, and then to deal with kind of the more difficult questions, which at that time I was young. I didn't even realize how difficult those questions are. Now I'm a mom, a working mom, a, a student as well, and so uh, now it's, it's only become an even, an even greater need. But um, I had Who helped vision. you then? Who helped you figure it all out? Um, all so those questions that were asked right, to you, how did you right. figure all that out? So I'm very fortunate. I, uh, one very uh, strong, I think, philosophy in my family is we're very big readers. So every Friday, my mom would march us to the library, and we would each have a uh, laundry basket, and we'd fill it with books. And so I read like crazy. I read a lot about businesses. I read a lot about starting businesses. Um, and I also had, um, you know, I had very good female role models in my life that I reached out to. But in general, a lot of it was self-taught. And um, there are many resources out there for women entrepreneurs. There are not many resources out there tailored toward uh, specifically observant women entrepreneurs. And that was kind of the community I wanted to create. Um, so, you know, that sort of was the, the beginning of the story. And then I, I, you know, I ended up, I graduated high school. I, you know, I studied in Israel for a year and a half, I, you know, went to college, I majored in finance, I ended up working as a financial analyst for a couple of years, and then, you know, my husband and I sort of, I had always been holding on to this vision, like, I want to start this community, and so um, I knew I was going to go to school for a graduate degree, I was, you know, we decided law school just made the more, most sense in my long-term vision, and so my husband and I made a bet, and it was, you know, take the LSAT, and get into... Um, yeah, oh, sorry. we have a thing, we bet on milkshakes, actually, which is, it's a win-win because, um, you know, we share the same bank account, so it's really, it really, what it really means is whoever, you know, the person who wins has to buy the other person a vanilla milkshake, but it really means we get, you know. Yeah, you got to start raising the stakes. <laughs> we do, I know, I know, but um, it's kind of our, our thing, so, um, so we made a bet, you know, apply to school, if you can get in within, you know, um, if you can take the LSAT and get into school, then you'll have all this time, you know, from the time you take off of your, you know, old job that you can just work on this project. And so, I mean, it was a really quick process. I, you know, applied to school. A week later, it was, I mean, it was, I was, I'm very grateful. It was quick. And so I had all this time and I started just, um, I took all the napkins that I had written on all, over all these years and all these, you know, ripped out pieces of paper and I mapped it out and I, you know, and I launched I launched the JWE as just a website with an online community and a mentoring program where women could submit an application um, asking for help in specific areas, asking to be connected with a specific kind of mentor. So, you know, someone who has children would want to be connected to someone, or they might, you know, it might be something that's important to them. They want to talk to someone else who's managing a family, someone who's, you know, um, Sabbath observant, you know, someone who's observant wants to talk to someone else that's, that's observant as well. Because initially when I started the website, I mean, it really was catered toward all Jewish women. And, and it stays, has stayed that way, though the woman we focus on most, um, because the women who need us most is, you know, are the women in the observant community. But, um, and that sort of it exploded from there, and, you know, I realized if I really want to be supporting women long-term, offering really substantive, you know, business training, a real sophisticated mentoring program, I've got to go the nonprofit route, and I've got to really start hiring a staff 
um, because as soon as I put up the site, the forum just got flooded. The mentoring, I received so many applications I couldn't keep up. Wow. And um, um, so, you know, I ended up submitting my mission statement to Dapper Voice on Plimpton. They're a very large law firm. Um, they're really international. And they took me on pro bono and started walking me through the 501c3 process. And that cool. was, you know, um, that was really cool. I mean, it was, you know, we're onto something. How common is that? You know, I don't even know. I think that, um, I think, you know, you know, you have those like Forrest Gump moments where you're just like, it just, things just come, they just happen. And you didn't, you, you didn't even do anything really all that extraordinary. You're just, um, we're in the right place. And I feel like in a lot of ways, this organization had to happen and there was a really strong need. And so I've gotten a lot of really positive response. And it's almost like God's saying, you're onto something, you're onto something, you know, keep moving. Um, so there's just been a lot of craziness like that. I, I, I'm, I don't think that's very common. I don't know. Try. <laughs> start a nonprofit. Start a nonprofit. <laughs> Write a yeah. mission statement. See what happens. But um, And so somebody just picked it up and said, this sounds like a great thing. Yeah, so we had we did have a connection there. My husband and I had a connection there who um, she didn't pick up the project, but she kind of directed us where to submit it. And, yeah, I mean, a partner and two associates picked it up and said, this is really interesting. So, you know, I started traveling to the city to meet with them. We started fleshing out the details. You know, what is this going to entail? I, I started choosing a board. I'm very grateful. You know, I'm, I'm young, but I have been able to really tap into an incredible group of women who have been mentors to me, women who have ran successful businesses, women who have ran successful nonprofits, you know, women who are just awesome, you know, incredible, strong women. And so they have really, really behind me and, and been helpful to me um, as this project has taken off. And, um, you know, in the community organizations, you know, the Orthodox Union um, got involved in our conference. And, you know, we have, you know, corporate sponsors that have gotten involved in organization, you know, Penn Mutual, Merrill Lynch, you know, it, it's really... Um, it's really wonderful. So, um, yeah, so you have this big conference that's coming up right, on May 5th, right. which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. Um, I want to take you back for a minute to that milkshake bet. Yeah, okay. And, <laughs> you know, with your your husband sees where you are now and where you were then in that milkshake bet, and what did he think along the way? So my husband is a very, very good sport, and he's also um, – He's incredibly creative and motivated himself. So he thought it was a great idea. He's the more conservative of the two of us. You know, he said, it's a great idea, but get into law school. You know, he, you know, felt very strongly, as did I, but he was, you know, kind of the voice of reason that said, you know, graduate degree um, in terms of my long-term vision was a good idea, a very good idea. And we had decided that together, but he was the kind of, you know, I was very excited about this, obviously. And, um, you know, sometimes you're running so fast that you kind of, you're kind of just running, you know? And so he was, he's, he's, he's always been that focus for me. And does um, he have that same kind of like business sense that you do? Did yeah. you agree, you know, on when you describe your vision, did he agree with you on your vision or did he yeah. try to manipulate yeah. it or change it in any way? So, so that's, that's a good question. So um, what's unique uh, about us is, you know what, I, we're very similar in a lot of ways, but I would say I, had this creative, jotting it all down, figuring out the steps. And, again, he's the conservative, like, let's figure this out. Let's flex out, you know, let's, you know, figure out the numbers. Let's do a little bit more research, you know. So he's uh, incredibly, incredibly supportive. Uh, he's, like, my best, he's my best candidate, I mean, for this conference. I mean, he, he 
sent, created our press release. He sent it to a number of places, and he himself has a jam-packed schedule. So he really, this was at from 2 to 3 a.m., you know, this is when he put, put that in. And that's another piece. You know, it's, I get a lot of credit that I'm doing this, but I'm not doing this alone. We're really doing this together, but I'm the woman, and this is a woman's organization, so I kind of, you know, right. um, you know people talk to me. Uh, but but he's very much has been you know the entire time very much you know involved. So I did. you know it's interesting because you know people ask me also all the time like how do you do how do you fit in all the things that you do all the time because I have my hands in a lot of things as well and um, I do often say that I couldn't do this if I didn't have a supportive husband and I'm very lucky that you know that he is very supportive of my work and um, and all the other things that I do and I think we shouldn't minimize and you know this is certainly something that I know you promote in your organization the need for support 100%. and the need for emotional support in what you are doing, whatever it is. 100%. Uh, and I think if it's, you know, if it's, if it can be a spouse, that's fantastic. If it, you know, but, and, and sometimes even if it can be a spouse, you need, you need so much support. So, you know, reaching out to friends, reaching out to community, reaching out to family, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I've surrounded myself by a very strong support network. You know, whether it's my mentors, whether it's my sister, who's my best friend and role model, whether it's my mom, you know, I, I think I talk to my, I mean, my dad, I talk to probably just as frequently about this, and, you know, my, my in-laws, I mean, it's, this is like a team, a full-blown team effort, you know, as we're speaking, you know, uh, my neighbors got one of my children, you know, so, so it's really, um, you know, it, it, it's a community, a community effort, but I, I really, I'm not one who says, I'm not into the superwoman mentality. I'm into, you know, we do the best we can, but reach out for support. I'm not into being a, you know, martyr. I'm, 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 I'm very comfortable uh, acknowledging that I, I cannot do it all. I, I, I can do the best that I can, and that sometimes I need to ask for help. Very often I need to ask for help, and I'm, uh, and I'm okay with that. And I, I really... I would encourage other women to reach out more. I, I have, you know, sometimes I'll talk to a friend and they'll be falling apart and I'll say, well, why don't you, you know, sometimes you can't outsource, you know, financially if you can outsource certain things, you know, whether it's house, household help or, you know, cooking for Shabbos, you know, that's great. Not everyone has the, the means to do that. Um, right. But there's so many other ways to kind of find support. And I agree with you, support is a huge, huge piece of, you know, this work-life balance puzzle. So you're primarily steering the ship, though. And when you look at yourself and you look at yourself as that 16-year-old running that business and where you are now um, as the one who's helping others sort of do what you did, how do, how do you feel when you look at that? It's, it's, uh, it's totally exciting. Um, you know, every time a business starts or takes another step, it's, it's a wild adventure. Um, it's a huge responsibility. It's something I take really seriously. Um, there are so many pieces to the, you know, Again, to the whether it's a work-life balance puzzle or just you know running a business puzzle, <laughs> there are a lot of pieces involved, and I'm very I'm very uh, grateful and honored for the women that reach out to us for help to be a part of uh, their journey. Um, you know, I think that I'm I'm still on my own journey. You know, we're still we're still in the middle of the story. You know, so um, but it's it's exciting to be part of so many other women's stories as well. And. Um... When you were talking earlier, and I totally agree with you that, that much of this is a, is a journey, when you were talking earlier about the women who flooded your website, what were you primarily hearing from the women who came to your site? What were their experiences? So some of the women were reaching out for just really practical business support, uh, and I'm finding this in terms of the conference as well. Some women are coming because here they have an opportunity 
again, there are resources out there for women entrepreneurs, but here they have an opportunity to tap into these very same resources um, to be connected to industry leaders, but in an environment where they're comfortable with women whom they can relate to. Um, so some of the women were, even though it was business-oriented questions, you know, issues, etc., um, and it was solely business-oriented, they wanted to still be in this environment, and that's why they were coming to us. And then there were a lot of women, you know, posting in the work-life balance section and, you know, um, especially, you know, before the Chagim. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing it? You know, right. and um, there's a lot of questions from women who, um, you know, that we, we get a lot when we're matching people with, who are looking for mentors. They, they need to attend trade shows. That's the nature of their business. And mm-hmm. many of them run over weekends. How do they navigate that? Um, we get, you know, questions about, um, you know, Kashrut question, you know, how do people, what do people do at, you know, business conferences? Do they just bring their own food? Do they, you know, kind of things that are very from woman specific. But I think the, the overwhelming majority um, in terms of, in the, of women who are talking about issues unique to from women, it's, it's the work-life balance piece. It's the, we have more children than, than most, you know, our community has, we have right. bigger families. And we have, um, we make Thanksgiving every week. Right. And, you Definitely. know, um, and it's a lot. Definitely, definitely. It's interesting because I remember hearing a story from a friend of mine who was interviewing. She was in law school and she was interviewing for positions in law firms. Um, I guess you can speak to this because you you went to law school. But um, in the summer before she graduated, right, she's interviewing for positions for when she graduates. And she was about nine and a half months pregnant when she was going on these interviews. Wow. And, you know, you're very self-conscious and you're meeting people for the first time. You're trying to sound intelligent and you're nine and a half months pregnant. And um, she said that she actually looked at it kind of like, if they don't hire me now, (laughs) you know, they kind of have to hire me. They can't, you know, they have to look beyond and see what my potential is, you know, rather than looking at me pregnant. And they have to sort of look beyond that. And, And that's just sort of the way that she, that was sort of her take on it, you know, the way that she looked at it. Do you find women come to you with stories like that of, you know, when you were talking about going to trade shows and having that challenge with the kashrut or even with how they're dressed or what yeah. they should wear? Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you something funny. So I I had our son my first year of law school. I'm, I'm still in school. I'm in school part-time at night. I'm, I'm, wow. I am a student while I run the, the JWE. And wow. my first year uh, is when I had um, my our, our son, Aaron. And they put me, uh, they had this, like, woman's... Um, the Women's Bar Association in the law school was running an event on, you know, when's the appropriate time to start a family, and they asked me to be on the panel. Mm-hmm. And um, they asked me to be on the panel because I was really, they, they didn't know, um, the, the women who were coordinating this event, they didn't know that I was expecting, um, but I was part of another women's group, you know, on campus, and so we, they were running the event together. So I show up to the meeting to plan this, and I'm, like, very, you know, visibly pregnant, and it was just, you know, I'm like, the time is now, you know, but... Um, Definitely, it's something that uh, women, yeah, and these struggles. I mean, legally, you know, they can't, you know, an employer can't turn you down because, you know, you're pregnant or because, but, but you, you can't control what's going through people's minds. Right. So, so that's definitely a struggle. And there's always the struggle, should I bring it up? You know, you're getting hired for a new job. You're two months pregnant. Nobody knows. You need to tell them. You're planning on having children. Is that something to bring up? You know, especially in law school, they prep you for this kind of thing all the time. You know, Whoa. How do you navigate? And and um, definitely w- women struggle, especially, you know, not everyone, 
for women who cover their hair, you know, right. if you're not wearing a, a wig, that's something, you know, you, you look different. You're, so right. there's definitely, in terms of, on our, in, in our organization, women who reach out for support, and, and the best way we help them is connecting them to other women who are in similar situations who kind of, you know, they bounce ideas off each other. This is what we did. And, and sometimes it's just, it's just uh, therapeutic venting. Right. I mean, one thing that I also noticed, you speaking about dress and your outward appearance, when I graduated college, I worked at a TV station, and I noticed for the first time in my life that I dressed differently than, you know, 90% of the women that I work with. And I did sort of feel like, ooh, I stick out. And then on Dress Down Fridays, it was like, you know, I wasn't ever dressed down, really. That's the truth. And um, I did sort of feel like I stuck out a little bit, you know, and I did have to sort of field a lot of questions, too, about kosher food and about why I was leaving early on Friday. And, um, you know, even also getting back to the business thing, and you talk about how you're trained in law school, how to face these questions. I really felt like, I mean, I did not, I was actually a communications major, and I did take a bunch of marketing classes in college, but one class that I did not take in college was an intro to business course. And primarily I didn't take the class because I wasn't in the business school. But I think that it would be a good idea for every every female who's in college to take, or even not in college, to take an intro to business course so that when you enter the working world, you have just a little bit of knowledge right. about how the, the greater world works, which is right. something that really doesn't come up in daily life, you know, in your daily whatever you're doing uh, before you enter the workforce, um, I felt a little bit, uh, not only did I have to answer questions about myself, but I had to learn about the way the working world works, which was just a whole new experience. Right. It's like Uh, professional etiquette, you know, what, right? Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And then just, you know, also answering religious questions, knowing about why you keep kosher and how you keep kosher and how the greater community views all of that and how to speak to that in a way that makes sense. You know, I think would be is something that a lot of working, a lot of observant Orthodox working women think about all the time. Right. So it's interesting you bring that up. You know, one of the speakers at our conference, Hani Neubiger, um, she she's you know giving a workshop on, on on this topic, which is kind of navigating the professional world as a firm woman, and it's very much about you know having these two kind of parallel lives, you know, kind of collide, and how to you know gracefully. Um, you know, reconcile all, you know, all the different sides of you, and then how do you navigate? I mean, what is the professional etiquette, you know? So what are, what, what are the do's and don'ts? Because, right, if you haven't learned that, it's kind of like you're thrown in, and, and, and now you're here, and you kind of just, you got to swim, you know? So yeah. It's, um, it's not some, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that if there, if there were a entry, you know, level or business, business etiquette 101 or just what is the business world, how is it different, you know, that would, that would be helpful to a lot of women. I agree. So people who have great ideas who don't know how to approach them from a financial sense or financial point of view or how to get their business off, businesses off the ground, can they come to you for some answers? Definitely. So, you know, again, just because the conference is, you know, in a week and a half, uh, you know, one of the strong workshops there is, you know, figuring out, how to finance your business, figuring out how to raise capital, figuring out, you know, how to get from A to, to Z and all the steps in between, um, you know, really the core business training of I've got an idea, now what? I mean, we have women who come that say, 
I don't even have an idea yet. I just, I know that I have the skill set. I would, you know, I would make a good businesswoman. And then we, you know, send them to our class on, do you have what it takes? You know, what does it really mean to run a business and wow. brainstorming and creativity? Right. You know? That's a tough one. Yeah. You have, that you have to ask those questions to yourself. Yeah. Um, and um, why do you think that what you're doing is so innovative? Well, you know, right now, women are working um, across the board um, because they, they have to. Um, you know, some of the women we deal with work because they find it meaningful and, and, and they love it. But I would say the vast majority are, are working because everybody needs a dual income today or they're the supporters. And, um, you know, with, with the cost of, of the lifestyle of being, you know, observant, whether it's tuition, kosher food, et cetera, I mean, you know, it, almost everybody, you know, needs to be working. And, and again, from women have really unique needs, and that shapes everything that they do, you know, and so um, they need a very tailored kind of support. So what, why what we're doing is so revolutionary is because we've combined the core business training, which you can get anywhere, but we've combined it, you know, we're, we're offering this comprehensive and holistic support. We are, we're bringing to the table the core business training, we're bringing to the table the issues, you know, the hashkafic issues, you know, the... Um, the work-life balance issues, and we're bringing to the table mentors that can guide women um, that's very, in a very tailored way. So we're offering a level of support that they cannot get anywhere else. Um, you know, and we're national, so you know, we have women that you know, we work with who are from everywhere, from Miami, Chicago, Minneapolis, Cleveland, you know, of course, New York, New Jersey. Um, you know, we, we really are connecting them to each other. We're, you know, we're providing the support and we're creating this network of just this national network of support, which is, I mean, it's unique. No one's done this before. Right. So. Most definitely. Most definitely. Okay. We are talking with Chaya Fishman of the JWE, the Jewish Woman Entrepreneur, and we'll hear more about Chaya's organization. And we're going to talk about quality over quantity and prioritizing when we come back, you're listening to Something to Talk About on the Nachum Siegel Network. We'll be back right after this.
Something to talk about. I'm Randy Wartelski. Thanks again for joining us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. If you have any questions or comments about today's program, please email me at randy at nachumsiegel.com. That's R-A-N-D-I at nachumsiegel.com. I love to hear your questions and your comments. We're talking today to Chaya Appel Fishman of the JWE, the Jewish Woman Entrepreneur. She's an entrepreneur and a mother who hopes her organization will better the lives of working women everywhere. Chaya, let's hear about some specifics of this conference you have coming up on May 5th. So the conference is really geared towards both women who already own and run, you know, successful businesses and women who are starting out, either they're at the very beginning or, um, you know, they're in the, you know, they're in the um, kind of intermediate stage where they're, you know, figuring out where to go next. And um, so the day is really split into, I guess, three different parts. There's the educational program. Wait, and let's just tell people it's at the Hyatt Regency in New Brunswick. Right, right. It's at the Hyatt Regency in New Brunswick on May 5th. And uh, so that's not this Sunday. It's next Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, from 9.15 to 8.30. And um, it's really a jam-packed day of, you know, speakers, innovative workshops, networking, mentoring, and growth. And, um, again, the day, you know, the day is... Uh, split into a couple different parts. We have our keynote is Talia Mashiach. We're bringing her in from Chicago. She's the CEO of Eved, and um, she's 35 years old, has five children, and runs this just incredible, 
incredible um, event technology company, and she's going to talk about her story. We have um, a really structured networking session where we've, you know, we've got women on the grounds matching um, women to, uh, you know, different people in the same industry so they can, you know, help to create strategic partnerships. Um, that's a really strong theme of our organization and our conferences. We want to encourage women to support each other by, you know, whether it's emotionally, but also, you know, very much by forming strategic partnerships, giving each other business, working together. So um, there is that component of the event. And then so this is not only just yeah. a learning event for the participant, but this is also a networking event. Exactly. Uh, and it's very structured. So we're not just throwing a couple hundred women in a room and saying, you know, meet each other. There's, um, we've been very careful about the badges that everyone's wearing. They're color-coded. So you can quickly identify someone by industry. You can identify someone, whether they're a startup candidate or whether, you know, they, they're already running a business. Um, it's very – and then there's, you know, we have staff members that are going to be on the ground, again, facilitating these sort of matches, you know, um, you know in case someone can't meet the right kind of people or doesn't know, you know, what kind of uh, connections they should be making. Um, we're, we're having a, a primer on networking before that as well, just, you know, to give – prepare everybody because they really need to maximize experience. Um, we have women coming from really across America, um, from across industries, from across the states, you know, from, you know, Los Angeles, you know, we have um, Minneapolis, Chicago, Baltimore, Cleveland, um, Florida. Um, it's really, it's really wild. Pennsylvania. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's amazing. And so we really want to make sure everyone meets each other um, so that we can create, you know, this network and, um, and then the next part of the day, there's, you know, there's a lunch. And during lunch, there's this work-life balance panel discussion mm -hmm. where we've got a couple of CEOs um, and the author of um, Baby Bottles and uh, Briefcases talking about how do they do it? You know, um, is there kind of a recipe? You know, um, are there tips and tricks? And um, it's, really it's meant to be very interactive with the audience. Women can you know, submit questions. Um, and then the, the, the rest of the day is you know, there's four different workshops workshop slots back-to-back, -back, and within each time slot, there's four different classes running concurrently. Wow. So it's really focused on, you know, if you're, you know, we have women coming who run biotech companies, and we have women coming who are just starting. So obviously they don't, um, in, in certain areas, they don't belong in the same, you know, classroom. So there's right. totally different classes, and you, you pre-register. So. And I see here in my notes that you have separate tracks, one for current right. entrepreneurs right. and then a business boot camp for future right. entrepreneurs. Right. What is the business boot camp? So that's classes like do you have what it takes? It's, you know, it's a primer. What does it mean to run a business? What are the things you know, that you need to be prepared for? What kind of research do you need to do? Um, we have um, brainstorming and creativity for the aspiring you know, entrepreneur. How do you figure out you know, whether your, your skill set and whether your you know, talents can actually be channeled into a revenue-producing business. Wow. You know, we have choosing a legal entity. How do you go about that? Why is it important? How do you protect yourself from liability? You know, really core issues that someone needs to think about before they jump. Right, of course, of course. Um, one of the workshops that I see noted here that is included in the conference is social media marketing. Yeah. I think that one of the challenges also of starting a business, and I wonder how you felt when you started your online website, yeah. um, because the title of the workshop is Social Media Marketing Made Simple. I think a lot of people are very afraid of social media and don't trust themselves in how to use it responsibly. I mean, that they trust themselves that they're responsible, but that they're just afraid of it because once you put yourself out there, 
You're just sort of out there. Right. How important do you think social media marketing is in this day and age, especially if you're looking to start a new business? So I think it all depends what kind of business you run and who your target market is. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're targeting the woman in your community and you can re- reach them through a, a circular, um, you know, if or through print advertising, you know, it, it really depends on the nature of your business. You know, if you're again, if you're a biotech company, perhaps, you know, it depends who your target market is and where they're hanging out. But the truth is, the vast majority of the world is hanging out on the web. Now, I don't, I'm not one to advocate. Um, using social media, and I'm not one to advocate, you know, using the Internet. I think, you know, that's everyone makes their own decision depending, you know, and they, they do what they need to do. But I, I, I will say that we are offering this class because for so many of our, of our women, they're running the kind of businesses that it is essential, whether, you know, they're trying to reach out to a global market. You know, the, the world is so, you know, it's, it's changing, and technology has just um, connected us in amazing ways, and that provides, you know, obviously it comes along with, with challenges and risks, like you said, putting yourself out there, you know, sending out the wrong message, sending out, you know, it's things move, you know, it's, it's viral. You post something. It, right. you, know, you, you can't control who, who it's going to go to and where it's going to go. But on the positive side, you know, if you're, if you're initiating a new marketing campaign that goes viral, you know, you've just reached uh, hundreds of thousands of people in a very short span of time for um, on a very small budget. So, so what you can do if you can learn to manipulate, you know, social media um, in the right way, it can be an incredibly powerful and useful tool. So, I think for for many women, it's essential and it can be incredibly helpful. Again, it's the kind of thing handled with care. And you know, I think everyone consults with their, you know, local, whether it's their, you know rabbi or whether it's their, it's just their spouse, working out what, what kind of message they really want to send out and how they want to engage, um, you know, that's up to them. But we are providing, you know, our class is all about, you've made, you've decided that it's important for you to be there. How can you um, really harness the power of social media? And um, it's a really, it's a powerful class. Well, it, it sounds awesome. It sounds great. It sounds like something that everybody could benefit from. Yeah. Another thing that sort of caught my eye Hiring, managing, and retaining employees. Yeah. Is this something that's difficult for women? You know what's very interesting? The, the woman who's giving this class, um, she's very involved. She's on our board. It's Yitzhi Gutner. She's a, a former uh, senior VP at Citigroup, and she's, um, she's, she herself you know, has done a lot of just hiring and managing employees. And she said something very interesting that she's found on the flip side that many um, from women, because you know, you're taught – it's not. It's not good midos. You know, it's not right. good character to talk to talk about yourself. You know, no one likes an egomaniac. You know, um, but what happens is, is many women are super talented and they just don't know how to promote themselves and they don't realize during an interview. You know, now's the time to shine. And um, so she says it's very. You know, it's frustrating to her. Sometimes she'll have a candidate that's you know a total superstar. And, um, you know, the woman just doesn't want to take credit for anything, which, which in a certain context is a, is a really nice thing. But, you know, in, in the context of trying to get hired, it's, it's, it's really not. So, um, so that's, you know, something interesting. She's, I've had this discussion with her. But um, she said, yeah, it's very difficult because many resumes look the same. You have to know the right questions to ask the candidates. You know, you need to know what's a euphemism for what. You know, <laughs> you know what is, what's the code? Right. You know, so... Um, I mean, I know I've, you know, at some points written, you know, my own resume, and you're, you know, you're trying to just, it's a, it's kind of like a word game, you know. Um, you're trying to communicate um, in a very short, in a very small space, 
many things and you want to choose buzzwords and, you know, how do you sort through that? And so that's actually a really, really useful class for both people who are looking to get hired and for people who, Most definitely. Most definitely. Do you think that just having a, a, a female perspective as an employer, do you think that women are not as quick to let other, let their employees go if they're not measuring up? Because emotionally, maybe they take the decision too emotionally. They're not black and white enough about it. That's an interesting question. You know, my gut would say that probably is an issue. Um, I, you know, I, that's the kind of thing. I'm, that's a that's a really interesting observation. Um, I think that that's part of her classes. Um, how do you retain employees and how do you let them go? And how do you know when it's time to let them go? You know, so I think that that. Maybe that'll I be wonder, something that will come up in discussion. Is, woman. Yeah, I mean. Right. Um, another workshop that you're offering is Working Smarter, Not Harder, Productivity Tools in the Workplace. Yeah, so what's what's going to be the goal in that workshop? So that's kind of how to streamline all your different, you know, processes, how to, how to accomplish um, the maximum amount with the, you know, with the smallest amount of effort by kind of utilizing technology. Doesn't everybody want to do that? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Do as much as you can with the least amount of work. I'll tell you the truth, that's one of the most popular classes because of that. You know, working smarter, not harder, like that's, you know, um, I'd like to buy, you know, that formula. But um, it's really practical. You know, how do you kind of, you know, different just, you know, uh, processes that you're doing every day, how can you kind of streamline them? How can you use technology to save you time? You know, what can you use? There's different apps out there that are great time, you know, savers. There's, you know, virtual assistants, you know, just all these different kind of tools to really help you um, weed out all of the things that are bogging you down. You know, there's like that 80-20 rule that, you know, most of us spend 80% of our time on the things that are um, not important and only 20% of our time on the, you know, profit revenue producing parts of our businesses. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of how do you weed through that? Right. And women have no time to waste. No. It's like I can't spend time doing this, you know, silly project because you have to fit in what you can fit in within your day. I mean, I I find also that I tend to be much more – I used to do a lot of my work at home because I found like in the evenings I could sit down. It's, you know, it's quieter. And now I find that I do almost no work at home because when I'm home, I'm already doing work with my family and there's just no time to do my work work at home. And I have become so much more effective at using my workday to actually do my work. And I get so much more done in a workday that I almost don't even need to work at night because I just stuff it all into the day. That's amazing. And I've been able to, to become, I mean, I guess, you know, over the years, much more, I guess, focused during the day on what I need to get done during the day so that I don't have to bring it home with me. Wow. Yeah. yeah one of the things I was going to ask you earlier is that um, with your kind of job, you know, with running the organization, running the website, and now running this conference, uh, I'm sure you are crazy busy, and I'm sure you get flooded with phone calls and emails all the time. Uh, But you do have, you know, flexibility. And you probably can do your work from home, and you you probably can be, um, pardon me if I'm making assumptions, that you can be available if you need to. But at the same time, your job is 24-7. It doesn't end when you leave the office. Right. So how do you manage that? So, so I think that's like the entre- you know, the, the quandary of the entrepreneur because, you know, you, right, you have the flexibility, you make your own hours, but you don't have the flexibility because, you know, because it's your business and it's your, it's your baby, you sort of, um, 
it, it comes with you everywhere. You live and you breathe it. Um, so how, we'll, we'll, we'll repeat your question for me, do you mind? What was, what was it? How do, how do you, when your job is 24-7? Oh, how do you do it? How do you, how do, you do, do that? It? Okay, so I, I don't know what everybody else does, but I'll tell you, my, my thing is uh, I whiteboard everything. Um, my office is covered in whiteboards, my bedroom, my kitchen, and I make lots of lists, and I try to prioritize, 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 and I... Um, because they're on whiteboards, they're staring at me. So, mm-hmm. so the, the top things go first, and then mm-hmm. and I work through it. And I try to really um, divide, you know, my lists by, you know, level one, level two, level three. And at a certain point in the day, you know, if it's not level one, it's, it's finished. And then I also have just my priorities with my family. So bedtime is something I'll never miss. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what, what else is going on. It doesn't matter how important it is. It's something that I find I like to be. Um, with our son at the end of the day. I like to be the one saying the Shema with him and being there, you know, to rub his back until he falls asleep. And that's something that's really important to me. I won't give that up. Um, and um, I, I, I try to be disciplined because, how, you know, I find there are many nights where my husband turns the lights off on me because mm-hmm. it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, <laughs> like, time's up. This is crazy. Yeah, you have but, to be. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be disciplined. It's very hard. Especially if you want to keep let's say in your case, that bedtime, if you want to keep that bedtime at the top of your list of, I got to finish what I need to do by, you know, 6.55 so that at 7 p.m. I'm there putting into bed. Right. And right. you've got to be really disciplined about that. That's not easy. No, it's, it's not. And again, I, I, I stress, you know, Marissa Mayer, you know, she's the CEO of Yahoo. She says you've got to ruthlessly prioritize. And I use that term a lot because it really captures um, what you need to do. You have to be so tough about figuring out what is most important because there isn't enough time to do everything. You know, right. there's just not. Um, so you, you, you've got to buckle down and, and stick to your list um, or, or the day never ends. Right. Uh, I liked what you said earlier um, in this hour when you talked about outsourcing and you talked about, um, you know, reaching out to others. And you asked the question, like, can you have it all? Right. And what, what do you think about that? So, I mean, from, from my perspective, so, so I'll share with you the, the perspective of, you know, I, my life, and then, you know, I, I speak to a lot of women. I mean, I deal with entrepreneurs every day, and um, it depends what you mean by having it all. You know, I, I think that the, the quick answer is if you want to have everything and you want to have, do everything really well, then uh, you, probably, you probably can't have it all. Um, I think that if you're comfortable settling with the fact that, you know, if you're going to do a million things, some of them might be, you know, done a little bit, um, you know, not as... Um, not as you would like it. Not as you would like <laughs> them, you know, then, you know, I, I try to... What, something I personally work on is just, like, self-acceptance. I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. I'm juggling a million things, and... Um, I'm just I'm doing the best I can, and sometimes the ball gets dropped, and I just pick it up, and I got to keep going and being okay with you know what, um, I don't make challah for Shabbos. I don't have that kind of time, and there's right. perfectly good challah that I can buy in the bakery. Um, so can you have it all? You know, it's like I look at my life, and you know, running the organization, and 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 law school, and and family, and um, you can't do everything, or I can't do everything um, by myself. You know, I can't get an A-plus in absolutely everything by myself. You know, and even outsourcing, sometimes I can't either. And I've come to the point where, you know, and it's something I actually, it's a struggle to work on all the time, you know, to make peace with myself that, you know, um, because I'm doing so many things, perhaps, 
you know, in one area I'm not performing as well as I'd like to, and then it comes back to the prioritizing, you know. What was the priority and, you know, kind of allocating time. So if, you know, family is more important, then that's something I'm going to make sure is the A+, plus and I'll get, you know, I'll get the, you know, A- minus somewhere else or, or you know, the goal is not to get not to fail in, in, in any of the areas, but, you know, I'm, um, so if you're, I think you can do everything without failing, but I think you, it's very hard to do an A, you know, to pull an A plus in every realm of your life. Um, and I think that once you get past that, um, kind of, for many people, it's like the self-imposed, you know, kind of, you know, right. status. Mm-hmm. You've got to be the best. You've got to be the best. Um, and especially, you know, Again, Jewish women, we're juggling and, and we're driven and we're, you know, we're, um, I mean, it's an Isha's Chayel where we're doing a million things. This is what the, the Jewish woman is all about and, um, and we're just doing the best we can. And once you kind of get to that place of acceptance of, you know, I try my best, I try my best and I'm okay, um, you know, with dropping some balls. It's just a much happier world. Yeah, I think also I, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I think that one of the other things that resonates in my mind is something that somebody told me when I just had like a bad mommy day and I just felt like, oh, I wasn't present. I wasn't home. I missed this. I missed that, whatever it was. And um, somebody said, you know, tomorrow's another day. Right. So if, like you said, today you took the A- minus on whatever it was that you took the A- minus in, tomorrow you could aim for the A and you can even aim for the A+, plus because you have another opportunity, a fresh opportunity to start again. Right, right. And um, right. And feeding yourself positive messages, you know, like, and again, surrounding yourself with support, mm-hmm. you know, with people that can be your cheerleaders, with good friends, with good family, you know, reach out because people don't always know to jump in, you know, and it's, you know, I, I don't know why there's this kind of superwoman mentality that was, I don't know, someone made this up, but it's okay to ask for help. And it's, you know, it's a good thing to ask for help. And um, I'm a, bit, a big, big advocate for that. And we're validating also that it is hard to juggle. Yeah. It's a constant it's, juggling yeah. act, and it yeah. is hard. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I have very close friends. They're only stay-at-home moms, and they're juggling just as much. You know, yeah. they're juggling in a million ways, too. And, right. um, and what they're doing is meaningful and, and, and phenomenal as well. And there's no, you know, um, we just try to support each other, you right. know? And, um, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. You, um, you talk about learning to appreciate the chaos. What have you learned about the chaos in your life? So, again, there's like that letting go things, when things aren't perfect, you know, you know, and the chaos. I mean, so there was a point where, um, you, know, I, you know, you have those moments where it's almost like you're having this out-of-body experience and you're kind of looking down at your life and it's so chaotic that you're like, is this really me or is this some, like, sitcom gone wrong, you know? <laughs> right. um, so I, I've had a couple of those moments, you know, um, one that comes to mind, you know, and I recently wrote about this, was, you know, we were once traveling and we were trying to get back in time. Uh, we, were, we were in Cleveland and we had to get back to Baltimore in time for class. And, uh, on the, uh, you know, on the way to the airport, I got a business call and I'm trying to distract our son. So I hand him, this silly me, I hand him like one of those pouches of spinach puree. And oh, no. Figures, but it was closed. And I said, he's so little. He's not going to know how to open it. While I'm talking, he's very busy, unscrewing the whole thing, dumping it on his head, you know, running his hands through his hair. So by the time I get to the airport, he's completely covered. And he's, he's, he's green. He's oh, fine no. in spinach puree. So 
we got there, and we're, of course, we're running late, and so, you know, my husband, we're at curbside check-in, and my husband's, you know, taking out our bags, and, and, and I'm undressing our baby, and now I'm holding him, and he's, he's very happy, but he's, you know, he's not wearing anything, and of course, our bags are overweight, and, 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 in my, and as my husband, I mean, really, this is crazy, as my husband's, you know, trying to rearrange things, the handle on the suitcase is broken, he slices his hands, and oh, he's bleeding no. like crazy, and so, by the time we get the bag checked, you know, we're running through the airport, and my husband's, you know, I'm with a bloody husband, a naked child, and it's like, <laughs> run, you know, and I'm like, we're going to make this flight because, I, you know, I've got to get to class, and um, we make it to the flight, and then the flight is delayed. Oh, and you're kidding. Us, yeah, we get to Baltimore, and we're circling because there's something on the runway. I don't know, and I'm, you know, watching my clock, and I'm like, you know, after this the blood sweat and spinach puree, I am going to make it to this class, and we land, and it's like 20 minutes to the class. We jump in the car. We buy, you know, we buy iced tea and, and animal crackers, and that is going to be dinner. And, and my husband, you know, we get to class. I have two minutes to go. My husband sits in the lobby with the baby. I run in, and, you know, I'm grateful that the professor didn't notice that, you know, half the class was coming in and out because they just wanted to see my baby, you know. <laughs> but, um, and, and those are the moments when you're like, I'm trying to keep it together, but this is just wild, you know. And, and, and those are the times where you have to just laugh. Because yeah. it's so crazy, you know, and it is your life. But, you know, the real secret to the to the real su- successful woman in that story is that you walk into class and you sit down yeah. like nothing happened. Right, right. And, right, and, you know, I, um, and I sometimes, you know, I, I feel that on the one hand, a lot of times, you know, especially with my classmates, I get a lot of how do you do it, and I feel like I'm kind of misrepresenting myself because I feel like, you know, I... I'm happy that I look that I look so together, but you know, very often, like in the you know the story I just shared with you, right when I walked into that classroom, I mean, I was like, I, I, I couldn't breathe, you know, I was, I couldn't believe it that I made it, but I, I sat through the you know the two hour lecture and that was that. Wow. But um, but it's again like just right, just laugh, you just laugh and you try to keep it together, and, right? You know, um, and that's you know that's work that's work life balance. There you go, <laughs> right there in a nutshell. Right. Right. Um, Chaya, we've got a, an audience of men who are listening today, and um, I'm sure they're wondering this, and I want to ask your opinion on this. Sure. Why is this topic something that is or should be interesting and important to our listening audience that, for those who are men? So, well, because we're a community, you know, we're, we, and, you know, as being a part of the, you know, Jewish people, being a part of the, you know, the firm community, we all have to support each other, and whether it's Spouses, you know, whether it's supporting your wife, whether it's supporting your your, your children, whether it's supporting, you know, your siblings, um, your colleagues. I mean, it's it's important to acknowledge that you know women are juggling a lot. It's important to acknowledge that um, we need support, and it's important for you know. I think it's important for the men to to be a part of the journey, and I, I and I encourage you know I encourage them to get involved with you know supporting, again, whoever the woman in their life or in the community are, and, and whether that's, you know, financially helping out, whether that's, you know, um, just, you know, helping out in the, in the house, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, everyone's got their own recipe, but mm-hmm. I would encourage really, you know, as a community, what we're doing is important because, you know, we're all in this together, and, uh, you know, if we can help more women build better businesses, we're, you know, we're building confidence in women, we're helping them, you know, support their families, and we're really supporting the community because, you know, the, the more women that can, you know, help with their families and support their families, you know, um, the more tuition is able to be paid, the more businesses can support each other. I mean, this is, this is really, we're all part of this 
you know, we're all united. So this right. is not, you know, just about the woman. This is a community thing. Yes, and the more fulfilled they feel, the more yes. they can give as well. A hundred percent. And I think that also, you know, there's so much of, you know, w- w- when you give someone confidence, there's just so many layers, and it's that ripple effect, whether it's marriages change, you know, mo- you know you're a better mother when you feel better about yourself, you're a better spouse, you're a better friend. So, you know, the more support that we can give, you know, the... the um, the more we can impact the, right, the overarching, the community in, in a meaningful way. Most definitely. Well, Chaya, thank you so much. How, how can people find out more about the conference? So um, I would recommend visiting our website, which is www.thejwe.com. Don't forget the the, T-H-E-J-W-E.com. Um, you can call our office, which is, you know, 410-205-6599. But our full conference agenda, the speakers, the workshops, everything is on our website. Um, you can register through there. Our registration closes this Sunday, the 28th, so I would encourage you to sign up fast because we are filling up. Um, and it's a great group of women, an incredible. I mean, as, you know, as the registrations are coming in, my husband and I are just completely just by just yeah, it how sounds, it sounds fantastic, and, and yeah. your work sounds fantastic. And thanks so much for all you do. And to our listening audience, if you have any questions or comments about today's program, you can email me at randy at nachamsegel.com. Chaya, one day I want to see where those napkins end up that you wrote on when you started your business. <laughs> I, I, I bet they're somewhere. They're yeah. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. for joining us today, and thanks to our listening audience for joining us on Something to Talk About right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. We hope that today we've given you something to talk about. Let's give them something.